Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Bishop Derek Greer, the radio ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. We're so glad you joined us, and we pray that you are strengthened and transformed by God's Word today. Are you ready? Let's get into the Word. So today we're going to start in the New Testament, but we're going to end up in the Old Testament. So we're going to start in one of those verses that if you read through the Bible every year with me, you probably just kind of read over and get to the next verses. But we're going to start in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse Paul says by the Holy Spirit, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Then he continues, who has literally having already blessed us. Meaning, when Paul wrote this church, he understood that they should no longer be trying to get blessed. They had already been blessed. Everything they needed had already been accomplished and announced at the cross. And no angel and no devil could add or subtract. Now, when we wait until God does something and we're thankful, uh, we call that gratitude. But when we praise him in advance, we call it faith. Does anyone in this room have any faith this morning? Who has already blessed us, watch this, with every. What's not included in every? Nothing. With every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Now, we may not be in heaven, but how many of you are in Christ? Yeah. Now, everything Noah needed to make it through the flood was already on the ark. How many know that everything recorded in the the Old Testament, types and shadows pointing to Jesus? So if you are in Christ, everything you need to make it through your storm (laughs) has already been designed and placed in you because Jesus is the ultimate ark of safety. In Christ, God has already given us whatever it takes. It's just a challenge that sometimes it takes everything we got. Now, we just read that scripture. Again, it's one of those scriptures you read and go on to the next. But I want to show you a picture of it in Genesis chapter 25, beginning with verse 21. Now, Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And what we see here is even the first family has trouble at times. 
You see, God had already promised Abraham that the Messiah would come through his son Isaac and not Ishmael. How many of y'all remember that part of scripture? But, but what I've learned in my life, often the places of my greatest struggle are the places of God's greatest promise. You see, the, the devil is evil, but he's not stupid. How many of y'all know that? The enemy fights the hardest in the areas that God plans to do the greatest. So, if you're struggling in an area, it might just be a sign. Pay attention. And the Lord heard, and we need folks praying for us and with us. Even, you know, faithful people, righteous people, people who love God need prayer. And the Lord granted his plea. James 5 and 16 says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much. Jeremiah 33 and verse 3 says, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things you do not know. Little prayer, little blessing. More prayer, more blessing. Much prayer, much blessing. Now typically, it's the women in the Bible that do all the praying, but finally, a man got it right. And because of his prayer, Rebecca, his wife, conceived. But the children struggled together on the inside or within her. And she said, well, if all is well, why, why, am, I, why am I like this? She, she, she thought, how could answered prayer be causing me so much pain? But we're about to see that even our pain has a purpose. So she went to inquire of the Lord. And what we see here is her pain caused her to turn to God for answers. And maybe the struggle going on inside of you has been God trying to tell you something. Maybe God's trying to get your attention. The same way he did here with Rebecca. And the Lord, the Bible says, said to her. And we see here that God speaks to women too. Well, I didn't give, okay. <laughs> Frederick Douglass was, was, was discouraged. Major speech in Boston. The room was full of people. And in his speech, he began to bemoan the situation of the American slave. And he began to say out loud that he felt the only way forward for the American slave was insurrection. Now that sounds, you know, real interesting and even heroic, but the challenge is it probably would have been just a bloodbath. And most of the people knew that. Where were they going to get the arms? How, how was this going to happen? So while he was giving this speech, this six foot tall, skinny woman in shabby clothes stood up and said, Frederick, is God dead? Now, this is the man that was known for his quick wit, his sharp replies, particularly to hecklers. But he stood in silence. And he went back to waiting on God's timing. Now, you might get tired of hearing me say this, but this is important. Faith in God includes having faith in his timing. So 
God is explaining to Rebecca all that's going on. He said, two nations are in your womb. Two people shall be separated from your body. And one people shall be stronger than the other. And the older, watch this, the older shall serve the younger. Now, a whole lot is said in this verse, but the big thing I want you to notice is that before Jacob was born, God determined which boy would lead. Though culturally, the older, you know, was supposed to get the birthright, though the older, we're about to discover, was physically stronger and more capable, though the older would also eventually become daddy's favorite. God just has a way of choosing the foolish things of the world to put the shame to wise, just to remind us he's God. You see, it doesn't matter what culture says, what circumstances might say, sometimes even what family says. If God hasn't said it, their opinion doesn't matter and their approval isn't needed. So, when her days were fulfilled for her to give birth, indeed, just like God said, God's word never fails, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red. He was a wild looking boy. He was like a hairy garment all over. So they called his name Red or Esau. Now this is my message, so I'm gonna tell it the way I want. So the first boy came out with a teardrop tattoo right under his left eye. Both of his ears were pierced and he was smoking a cigar. How many of y'all have a kid like that, by the way? But afterwards, his brother came out and his hand took hold of Esau's heel. So his name was called Jacob. So mom and dad understood that the boys wrestling in Rebecca's tomb meant something. So they also figured that the way they came into this world would also or, or, would mean something. So, you know, the ancients were not as touchy-feely as, as we are. And they tend to call things as they saw it. So they called his name Jacob, which means trickster, scoundrel, con. If I was Pharrell, I'd say, a hustler, baby. <laughs> Y'all bring this stuff out of me. But has anyone ever been labeled before? So the boys grew, and as they grew, they were complete opposites. Esau was a skilled hunter, a man of the field. He was the consummate man, a great outdoorsman. But Jacob, on the other hand, the Bible says, was a mild man, dwelling in tents. We're about to discover he was really something of a mama's boy. But but don't get that wrong, because mild doesn't mean exactly what you might think. Because that same term translated mild in the book of uh, Job is, is, is translated blameless. Other places it's translated perfect. So what we see here is Jacob was a good guy, basically a good guy. But like many of us, he had a dark side to conquer. By the way, anyone ever struggle with a dark side? 
And Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game. So what what would happen is Esau, again, I'm going to tell it the way I want. He come back from his hunting. He tell dad his stories and he and dad would wipe their faces with their sleeves and they'd grunt and do manly things and as they ate and it was a bond between father and son. But Rebecca loved Jacob. Mama loved the emotion and the poetry in her son's soul. But all the while, Jacob was constantly studying the angles. You see, be an opportunist when it comes to helping people, but never be an opportunist when it comes to taking advantage of them. Now, Jacob was a man of the tents. He was a good cook, and he had a lot of skills in places his daddy didn't celebrate. But Jacob was a smart guy, and he knew his brother's weaknesses. And Jacob, in this verse, is about to show his butt. The first service said, told me I could say that in church. Anybody ever show your butt? <laughs> Keep looking forward. Some of y'all are not telling the truth. And Esau came in from the field, and he was weary. The problem with bad company is you can't let your guard down around it. And Esau said to Jacob, please feed me with that red stew, for I am tired, I am weary, I am exhausted. But again, Jacob is a man that has studied the angles. He knows his brother's weaknesses. He said, sell me your birthright as of this day. Now, this is important. God had already told Rebecca, and I'm sure Rebecca communicated to Jacob, that the older would serve the younger. So what we see here is Jacob already had it. The problem was he didn't believe it. And he kept trying to get what God already had for him in his own strength. And sometimes it's not the thing is not for you, it's the way you're going at it that's causing you all the trouble and all the struggle. A famous comedian said, she said, the trouble with the rat race is even if you win, you're still a rat. Insecurity will always make you do things you regret. Verse 33. So Esau swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Um, Problem is this would not be the last time Jacob would do something like this. It would get worse before it got better. And we all know the story. Finally, Jacob ended up dressing up like Esau. And by the way, if you understand who you are, you don't try to be somebody else. And he used the disguise to try to trick his dad into giving him the blessing that he already had. Now watch the results, though. Genesis 27, verse 33. Then Isaac trembled exceedingly. Nothing can exasperate you more than family. Those who you should be able to trust the most often disappoint us the most. 36. And Esau said... He was just as angry as his dad. But Esau went to swearing. We're about to see what he swore. Is he not rightly named Jacob? Trickster. 
cheat, heel catcher, scoundrel, thief. 41. So Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, now it's one thing to say it out your mouth, but when you say stuff in your heart, that's a whole nother level. He said, the days of the morning for my father are at hand, meaning my daddy's getting old and it's just a matter of time before he goes away to the, old, the, the rest of the earth and daddy's going to die. And I'm not trying to upset daddy, so I'm going to wait. But when daddy dies, I'm going to kill my brother Jacob. And it was because of this that Jacob was sent away to his uncle Laban. But the issue here is, you know, some of that hustler kind of ran in the blood. And Laban was not just a hustler, he was the ultimate hustler. And Jacob had to be swindled by him for, for about 20 years or so. You see, sometimes we don't recognize how our behavior impacts others until it happens to us. So five chapters pass and finally Jacob has learned his lesson from his uncle. But before he could enter the promised land, God had to prepare Jacob to face his past because Esau still lived in that area. You know, your mistakes are never wasted if you're willing to learn from them. Genesis 32 and 22. And we're going to round the bases. And Jacob arose that night and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons. Yeah, when you got that many people in your family, you don't get a lot of time alone. And we're about to find out Jacob needed that. And um, he crossed over the ford of Jabbok. Now, what I also want you to see here is God blessed Jacob despite his imperfections. And sometimes we read stories like this in the Bible. We, we, we see all the faults. We're like, God, how can you bless him? But I want to ask, how could God bless you? When I read stories like this, they don't discourage, they encourage me. I'm like, God, if you can bless that joker, I'm going to be all right. The issue was, though, he was about to face Esau, who had ruminated. I mean, he's meditated on this thing for, for over 20 years. And, 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 and Esau was nobody's joke. I mean, Esau was a, a fierce, violent man. He knew how to hunt. And the Bible actually says there were 400 men with Esau. So he had 400 mini-me's traveling with him. And all that Jacob had was his wife and children and maybe a few servants. Jacob didn't need a trick. He needed God. So Jacob is at this, 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 this point, you know, he crosses the river. And the thing is, if Esau attacks, the family would be backed into the river, meaning there's no quick escape, meaning they'd be wiped out. So basically his entire family is, is at the point of, uh, of no return and, um, I mean, incredible jeopardy. So J J Jacob goes to be alone. It says, then Jacob was what? Alone. Now I want you to get this. Now, I, I've traveled to foreign nations. In, in the United States of America, at least let me say this. I'm, I'm sure you go into the country, you'll experience this. But, you know, it only gets so dark around here. There's so much ambient light. I mean, there's street lights, there's lights from houses, etc. But But when you go out in the country, I mean, you can't see your hand in front of your face. So the Bible already said it was dark, okay? So it was night. So 
So I want you to imagine being in the dark. And uh, you're somewhere you've never been before. And out of nowhere, somebody grabs you. Yeah. Now you understand Jacob's reaction. So he's alone, and a man wrestles with him. You see, sometimes we think we're wrestling with people. But we're really wrestling with God. You see, it's not until later that we realize, you know what, he was wrestling, I believe, with the, the second person of the Godhead, Jesus himself. He was wrestling with God, but at first it looked like a man. And again, sometimes your issues look like just, just people problems. But in reality, God is trying to tell you something. And he wrestled till the breaking of day. Now, when he saw that, the angel saw that, he didn't prevail against him. And, and by the way, sometimes we read this, verse 24, wrongly. I, I want to read it again. The text does not say, Jacob wrestled with God. As much as God wrestled with Jacob. And again, you might ask, how could a man wrestle with God all night? I mean, someone as powerful as God and survive. But may I ask you, how have you wrestled with God your whole life and still breathe? If it had not been for the Lord's mercies, we would be consumed. So when the Lord saw that he did not prevail him, prevail against him. He touched. Notice just a touch. God could have wiped him out. Just a touch. Touched the socket of his hip. God could have reduced him to dust in a blink of an eye. But God remained gentle and firm all night long. Because God is patient, not willing for any to perish. And he'll even mediate his strength in dealing with us. You think God's being hard on you. You ain't seen hard. God is controlling himself as he addresses the issues in our lives. And the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And and frankly, Jacob's life had largely been out of joint spiritually up until this point. So God just let it happen to him physically. And then the angel Jesus said, let me go for the day breaks. This is important. God will wrestle with us for however long it takes us to realize we have no one else to hold on to but God. I know the story, the narrative doesn't say this, but, but when you just think about it, this man grabbed him with a steady strength. He didn't say he punched him in the face. That's a different type. It wrestled different. And if this man really wanted to hurt him, he felt his strength. He knew he could be wiped out. The book of Hosea actually says that Jacob sought God with tears. And when he felt the steadiness, but the firmness of this person that was, 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 was wrestling with him, he, all he could, he couldn't really fight. All he could do is kind of hold on. 
Now, I've been in enough, I'm not proud of this, but I've been in enough fist fights to, to say at some point, all you want to do is stop it. And you just hold on. I don't know how that came out of my mouth. That's not in my notes. I'm sorry. Honey, I'm sorry. Mom and dad, I'm sorry. But he noticed that he did not prevail against him. And he touched his hip. And it was out of joint. And then Jesus said, let me go for the day breaks. But then Jacob said, I will not let you go. You are all I got out here all by myself. All night, just like most of his life, Jacob insisted on fighting for what he already had. And many of us are exhausted running in circles trying to get in our own strength things that only God can provide I mean if if I could just get that then I'll have peace if I could just be with him or her I'll have joy If, if, if I could just finally maybe accomplish this or go over there I'll find rest but Jacob kept living in the arm of his strength and God had to make him come to the end of himself before he'd be ready to move into his future. This has been Live Big with Derek Greer, the radio broadcast ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live a life bigger than yourself today. If you want to know more about becoming a Christian or want to rededicate your life to Christ, Bishop Greer wants to walk you through a step-by-step guide. It's the most important decision you'll ever make. Visit gracechurchva.org slash salvation to find out more. We invite you to worship with us online each Sunday on our YouTube channel at Grace Church VA TV. And while you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get all of our latest content. That's all for today. Until next time, live big. <laughs>